Happy New Year. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in God's house right right from the get-go of a new year, 2021. And um, I'm excited about uh, this year. I, you know, of course, I get excited about every year, but um, I think that, yeah, <laughs> I'm just excited about living with the Lord and it, and uh, seeing what all He has in store. And so uh, today I want to encourage you in that. We won't take a whole long time with this. Um, but we, if we don't finish some of these things, we'll, we'll do it next time, next service we get together. Amen? So, uh, but we'll, we'll go a little ways here and just encourage you this morning um, about vision. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We rejoice in it. We're glad to be in your house. We're glad to be with one another. And I ask, Lord, now that you give me utterance in the Holy Ghost. I thank you for your word. It builds us up. It gives us an inheritance in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that your word sets us free. It, it makes our lives a joy on the earth right now as we live each day. We thank you, Father, for peace and joy and for the things that you have for us in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, let's look at Proverbs chapter 29, and we'll begin here with very probably very familiar verse to you proverbs 29 and look at verse 18 and the bible says here where there is no vision the people perish where there is no vision the people perish uh we went to get our eyes checked yesterday (laughs) pastor david and i and uh you know, vision is, I, I think sometimes we take it for granted. We don't really think about it too much when we're blessed with vision. And, you know, even if we have some uh, astigmatism or something, we have glasses or contacts. So it's just so nice um, that we can see. But when we go and get our eyes checked, I'm kind of reminded of what a miracle it is to uh, to be able to see and to uh, be able to see clearly. And then they now they have these new fangled machines, you know, and they can take a little uh, light and shine it in your eye, and then they can show you all behind your eyeball, you know, the optic nerve, and it's just really fascinating what all they can check into without being invasive, you know, and and so uh, I just started thinking about how important it is to see and to see clearly, and God wants us to have spiritual eyes to see and to see clearly his plan and his will. I think it's such a shame when we go through life and don't have um, clarity about why we're here and what we're supposed to be doing. And you know, God can show us that. He can make it very clear. In fact, in Ephesians, the prayer there is that the eyes of our understanding, see, there's eyes, the eyes of our understanding be enlightened that we would know what is in the three things there, the hope of his calling, uh, the riches of his inheritance, and the exceeding greatness of his power. So he want, I know at least he wants us to know those three things. Yeah. And, and, and using the terminology eyes, to me, means he wants us to see those things in our lives, in our church, and in our ministry to the world. Amen? Amen. So there's some things that he wants us to have clear vision and uh, here he says, the people perish without vision. Um, one of translations says that they cast off restraint. You know, a vision will keep you 
restrained. In other words, it'll keep you from doing all kinds of crazy stuff that wastes time and money and energy. When you have a vision, you're going to streamline your, your, streamline your life a little more. Uh, you're going to focus a little more. And, uh, you know, the Bible calls uh, running with a vision that, uh, and we'll read that in a minute, that you can run with a vision. And so God is a, a, a visionary. In fact, from the very beginning, the book of Genesis, we see um, how beautiful a plan he has uh, to bring the Lord Jesus into the earth and uh, redeem man uh, from all all kinds of the curse that uh, came upon the earth. And so, uh, you know, he he does that through his word and uh, his written word and his spoken word. And words are, are uh, substances that bring image. You know, we really don't think, when we think about something, we don't think about it in a word usually. We think about it in a picture. If I, you know, for instance, if I said a dog, well, instantly my mind goes to our French bulldog, little Blanche. You know, that's what I see first off. You might see your dog or a dog from that your neighbor has, but usually you don't see D-O-G. You see the image. And so when God uh, speaks, we usually see things. Amen? And when we read his written word, many times we'll see things. And I believe this is part of how he gives us vision for our lives, is through hearing and through reading and through meditating on the word of God. So I'm calling this vision for success because as we meditate on the word, the Bible says, then you shall have good success, right? We're going to see ourselves doing things. Now, this year, I just want us to increase our vision um, individually and as a church and ministry. I think that, uh, that you know, just let's give the devil a black eye. Amen? We're trying to shut everything down. Let's, let's see this year as opening everything up. Let's open up a can. Amen? As they used to say. And just step on the devil and stomp on him. And make him pay for what he's tried to do to us. Praise God we've come through. Amen. And we came through in victory and praise God. As soon as I don't even know how he brings us through things, but he does. But we're expecting now for tremendous outpouring, tremendous things to be done by the Spirit of God. So we're going to increase our vision this morning. And I want you to uh, really, really let your imagination go wild when you think about vision for your life this year. I don't want you to think of things that you could possibly do. I want you to think of things that you can't possibly do. Amen? Amen. Things that you can't possibly do. That's what I want you to start thinking about. Our our pastor preaches so beautifully in Ephesians 3.20 that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above anything that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. So if he is able to do anything above what we can ask or think, just think right now to yourself, we are asking too small and thinking too small. Because he's able to do, even if we, maybe we're thinking big for the first time in our life. Maybe we're thinking or asking really big. God is still able to do more exceeding abundantly above that. Amen? Because I hear Christians say, well, I wouldn't dare ask God 
for for this or that. You know, I'm not going to bother him with this or that or the other. And and you know, that's just too much. I can't imagine asking God for that. That's just too much for him. He wants us to ask and to think big. Amen. He is a huge God. He's a great God. He's not even a big God. He's a great God. Amen. And we need to know that his power is toward us and that our eyes are enlightened to that power toward us. Now, if we built a house or a church or a business, you know, it would start with probably some plans, wouldn't it? Hopefully (laughs) that we would make some plans. We would make some drawings. We would get an architectural design and and plan. This is what we're going to do. Hallelujah. So we would get it on paper, the concepts and the desires, the ideas, even the imagination. And then some people even get an artist's rendering, a picture of it. Here's what our new house is going to look like. See? And see all these things that we're going to have it furnished with. I, I knew a family that uh, were they were believing God. They were pastors in Houston, Texas, and they were believing God for a really, really, really big house. And it wasn't just because of, of you know they desired it for themselves. They wanted ministers to be able to come and stay with them for rehabilitation uh, if things had gone on in their church, uh, you know, or if their marriage was in trouble, or children, or. Uh, were in trouble or, you know, something happening to them that they could have pastors come and stay and multiple pastors at the same time. And they even wanted a huge cafeteria so that they could have some pastors' uh, dinners and all. And, and so this was a huge, huge home. And they just were dreaming of what all they would have on it and in it. And, and so they made a, a, a you know, a, a mold or what would you call a, uh, model, thank you, a model of it. And uh, they put it on their coffee table and they would walk their fingers through it. We're walking through the foyer and then we're walking over here to the cafeteria and then we're walking all the way down to our master bedroom and then we're walking over here to these pastors' uh, rooms and, and, you know, where they would uh, ha- host them and, and uh, have, you know, kind of a living area for them and then, of course, their bedrooms. And, and then even out back they had different you know, uh, rooms and facilities and pool. And, and then they, they decided that they needed a helicopter. So they, they put a helicopter pad right there because they were pastoring two churches in Houston, one in the north and one in the south. And it was hard to get from one to the other on Sunday morning. So they thought, we'll get a helicopter. Praise God. Amen. And so uh, before long, they started seeing this vision come to pass. And uh, we ended up going uh, and staying with them in their humongous house. It's the biggest house I've ever seen. And I just, you know, it was amazing the ministry that took place there. Um, we were going to get picked up at the airport with their helicopter, but the weather was bad that day, so we missed out on flying in their helicopter. But they had accomplished their whole vision, and it started with concepts, ideas, and imagination. It didn't start with money. I'm going to say that again. It didn't start with money. They didn't have any money to do it. Amen? And I think sometimes when we think about doing something, our minds go straight to, we don't have the money. We don't have the money to do it. Instead of the vision, we look to the resource. And and we really need to... It, it doesn't say, without finances, my people perish... 
It says without vision. Amen. And I have found that when you have a vision, the provision comes. The provision comes when you have a vision. But we've got to look past, well, we don't have enough or we could never do that, to we can do that, we will do that, and, and, and start writing it and start drawing it. Amen? Start making a model of it and walking through it. Hallelujah. So many times, uh, this is the beginning of, of accomplishing and successfully seeing your dream and your vision come true. Amen? Are you with me? Have you gone to sleep yet? Okay, give me, will you give me five more minutes and then we'll, we'll pick this up another time. But, um, I want to, I want to read, uh, this very important scripture, Habakkuk 2. You can't go, uh, you know, with the first of the year without reading this scripture, right? Habakkuk chapter 2, or Habakkuk, however you want to say it. Whatever part of Alabama you're from, right? <laughs> As they say. Um, now, it's right toward the end of the Old Testament. If you can't find it, go to the table of contents and find it. Because this is important. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision." He didn't say, if you have one, write it. He, he expects us to have a vision. Amen. Why? Because we're born of Him. We're born of a visionary. Amen? And the, the neat thing about God is He said, you know, my thoughts are good toward you. My thoughts are, my ways are good toward you. I want to give you an, an expected end. In other words, you have a hope and a future. Praise God. And so any vision that he has for your life is going to be tremendous. Well, what if he does, you know, what if he makes me do this or makes me do that? Well, first of all, you have a free choice to do what you want to do. But when you follow God's will, you will be surprised how happy you are. You'll be surprised what joy it brings to accomplish the vision that he has for your life. So he says, write it. So that means that I have vision on the inside of me. I might not acknowledge it. I might not have really wanted to think about it. Maybe I think, oh, I'm not capable of doing that. And I'm probably not. Most of the things God's told me to do, I I had no capability or ability toward that. It was His grace. Amen? So you just rejoice when He tells you to do something that there's no way you could possibly do it. (laughs) Rejoice in it because He's going to make it happen. Amen? That good work that he's begun in you, the Bible says he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. It's just cooperating with him and trusting him and acknowledging that he will do the work when you say, yes, Lord. <laughs> Amen? When you say, yes, Lord, I see that vision and I will do what you want me to do. Write the vision and make it plain. Now, I think that, you know, we've read this years and years and years and years and years. And, and, and I have done this sometimes, and sometimes I haven't done this. But they say, even uh, experts, researchers say, that if you write down a vision, you're 80% more likely to see it come to pass than if you don't write it. So writing is very, very powerful. Just writing it is powerful. But, you know, trying to get people just to write something down is just unbelievable. 
I know I pastored a church for 10 years, this, this last church in Panama City, and, and, and we went through this whole vision thing. I took them through 12 months of vision uh, casting and different elements of vision. And in every month was, uh, you know, write things down, write them down, write them down. And, and I got to the end of probably about nine months of this, and I said, now how many people have a vision board? How many people have written the vision? And I mean, it was about like two or three. And I thought, what is happening? People oh, don't want to write. And I don't know if they're scared, you know, if, it, if I see it on the printed page. It really does become more powerful. But maybe, you know, fear. Maybe they think, if I write it, then I'll have to do more things, you know, because I think as a human, I know if I can speak for myself, we tend to go to the lazy side a little bit. And you think, oh, more responsibility. I don't need anything else to do, you know. I told the Lord that one day. I said, he said, I've got some more things for you to do, Scott. And I said, I don't have time to do anything else. I'm exhausted. I don't have any time to do anything. And he said, well, I'm not really asking you to do more. I'm asking you to change what you're doing. Change what you're doing. There's only 24 hours in a day, but we can sometimes change what we're doing. To be more productive and to bring forth more fruit, more fruit. Amen. So one of the things that, you know, we think might not be real important is writing. And that's the first thing he said that was the most important. Write the vision. Write it down. Make it plain. So that you can run when you read it. And really so that others can run when they read it too. Because we, we're not an island to ourselves. We need other people. Amen. We have to have other people to help us with whatever God's called us to do. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and lie not. Though it tarry. Now notice that. That's the part we don't want to always hear. We want things now. <laughs> uh, but some things uh, take a little while. Well, what does he say when it's taken a little while? Wait for it. Amen. Wait for it. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just have to wait for it. But that doesn't mean that you throw in the towel and give up. I remember hearing the testimony of a man. This was way, way, way back, years and years ago. And he was such a prayer warrior, and he had prayed for his friend to be born again and believed God to send laborers. And Lord, this friend of mine, he's got to get born again. He needs you as Lord and Savior, and on and on and on. Well, this man that was praying this for his friend, he died. And, you know, some would say, well, he died and his friend never got saved. But at his funeral, this man walked the aisle and was born again. So if it tarries, wait for it. Amen? You know, I think about Abraham. And when he began uh, with the Lord about having a son, remember, he said, you're going to have a son. And he was about 75 years old. And then, you know, that God took him through some process there of vision. He, he, he took him outside and he said, look at the stars. Can you count the stars? And if you can count the stars, that's how, how many, uh, descendants you will have. Now he was barren. His wife is barren. They're 75. They're old. They're barren. And he's look, saying, look, look at the impossible. I want you to see it every day. This is how your descendants will be. And then he took him out to the to the beach, and he said, "Look at the sand, and 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 that's how many descendants you will have." So he was giving him what we call word pictures. 
Here's a word picture for you. So anytime you go to the beach, you're going to see, and you're going to be reminded of this vision. Uh, if anytime you go outside at night, you're going to see the stars. You're reminded of this vision. And then he said, look at the dust. Look at the dust and how, uh, you know, your, your descendants will be multiplied and blessed just like the dust is. And we know, women know about dust, don't we? It's everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. And it's all the time, dusting. So, you know, it's amazing that the, uh, the three things that God said to him, look at, that he could look at every day, didn't cost him anything to look at the stars, didn't cost him anything to look at the sand, didn't cost him anything to look at the dust. It just reminded him of what was going to happen. Amen? Just trust me, the Lord said, and look and see what's going to happen. So, yes, he had to tarry a little bit. He had to wait for it. He, uh, Isaac wasn't born until he was 100, so it was 25 years, right? And then 175, I think, is when he died. And his family tree was pretty small still, even at that. But after he died and Jesus was born, think about, think about how many descendants, spiritual children, are all over the earth and have been for for years and years and years. Praise God. Do you see it? Hopefully you see it. Praise God. How important it is. Write the vision. Uh, make it plain. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. At the end, it shall speak. And I heard this and we'll close with this. If you speak the vision, if you talk about it, if you look at it, if you, if you, uh, uh, you know, not just like, uh, resolutions, write it down and put it in a drawer for the rest of the year, but you put it before you, you put it on a board, you put pictures of what you want and what you see your life being and what you see uh, for your church and etc. If you see it and you say it and you see it and you say it, before long, it will speak for itself. It'll be speaking. Your vision will speak for itself. And that's what this scripture says. It'll speak. You don't even have to speak it anymore. It'll speak, it'll show up and be manifest before you know it. The Bible says, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, so we've got lots more on this, but we'll we'll do this another time. That's at least gives you some food for thought. You can be praying about your vision and then next time we'll go into, you know, actually creating a vision board, a vision book and uh, reviewing it every day and seeing the Lord move in our lives so powerfully. Amen. Well, let's stand up and we'll pray. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us imaginations, that you've given us divine ideas, that you showed us some things that some of us might not even want to really acknowledge because it, they seem so impossible. But we thank you that you are the God of the impossibility that nothing is impossible with you. And so so we we praise God that you can do exceeding abundantly above anything that we ask or think. And, and today we determine that we're going to renew our lives in this area of vision, that we're going to increase the vision that we have and what you've given us to truly reach for those things which are before us truly reach and grasp those things that you have apprehended us for, Lord. And we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your power. 
We thank you, Lord, uh, that we can rest in you and what you called us to do as a church for this community, for this state, for our nation, and even what you called our church to do around the world this year. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name.